Hey, what's up, everybody? Yours truly back in the space, back in the place. Once again, Mickey Smith Jr. And you know what time it is. We call it See the Sound, the podcast that we look for something a little bit different. Now, somebody might be saying, Mickey, how are you going to see sound? That don't really make sense. But when I talk about the sound, I'm not talking about the audible. I'm talking about the internal. I'm talking about that significance that you bring to your stage, to your platform, to your boardroom, to your living room, whatever room. You make it a life room because you bring the life. You bring the difference in a meaningful way. And for so many of us out there, we understand the pedagogy. We understand the how-to and all that. But sometimes we forget <laughs> it's a work of heart. And in this season, in this podcast, we're talking to individuals who operate with that heart, who operate with that passion, with that purpose, with that gifting in a, in a meaningful way, but also they have that humanity. So today I'm excited to, uh, to present to our See the Sound podcast members, a gentleman that, uh, that hails from a place that's precious to me. It's the boot, baby. We pointing back to the boot. Bayou State in the house, Louisiana's own Louisiana State University band director, Dr. Kelvin Jones. We're excited to have you. Thanks for being on the podcast, man. I am super thrilled and happy to boot. That's it. That's it. That's it. Hey, when the boot, when the boot is in you, the boot is in you, y'all. I'm telling you, all boot, all the time. Louisiana Bayou's best in the house. You're going to see today, you're in for a treat, guys. Uh, on the other side of this sound, <laughs> you know the deal. You will see the sound. And we are back once again, yours truly, Mickey Smith Jr. See the Sound is the name of the podcast, and we are so delighted not only to have you as a listener, but to have a phenomenal guest today. Uh, this is my brother from another mother, y'all. I'm telling you, this 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 gentleman right here, I, I've, I, I haven't known an extremely long amount of time, but there's some people when you meet them, it's like Olive Garden say, when you hear you family. Olive Garden, if you listening, <laughs> will take the sponsorship. I'm just saying. When you hear you family. And man, the moment we met, man, I just felt a connection. Um, and I, and I, your spirit, your sound really resonated with me. And I'm delighted to have you today as our guest. Uh, Dr. Jones, man, uh, talk to the folks today. Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Well, thank you so much, Mickey. Well, you can call me Kelvin, like to quote the great movie coming to America. You know, <laughs> Mama named me Kelvin. You know, you can call me Kelvin. But, um, but happy to be here. Um, just a quick blur about me. I was born in the big city of Greenville, Mississippi, which is not big at all. Um, <laughs> my father's a Marine. My mother's an educator. Um, so we lived the military life. I've lived in uh, Texas, uh, California, North Carolina, Okinawa, Japan for a brief wow. bit. Then uh, Baton Rouge again, and then graduated high school in Hawaii. Um, did my undergraduate work at Jackson State University, um, which is HBCU in Jackson, Mississippi. Then from there, uh, I did my graduate work at LSU. I taught high school at West Feliciana High School, which is a small rural area about 30 miles east of Baton Rouge. And LSU got my doctorate. Um, I was fortunate to get hired on. Um, and then kind of worked my way up from there to where I am currently um, the director of the 325 member Golden Band from Tigerland, conductor of our symphonic band and assistant director of bands within the um, Department of Bands and the School of Music as well, along with a whole lot of other things as well. Yeah, man. Yeah. Wow. 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 I mean, I, you know, just kind of digesting that. That's a straight up movie. I'm just going to say, man, like, like, <laughs> <laughs> just be honest. I mean, what what a what a perspective. Um, 
you have and, and and look he won't toot his own horn i'm gonna toot the horn for him when when you when you are a world traveler when you are an individual that has that has seen lots of places like that um it definitely has to have an effect on not only how you teach but how you see the individuals uh that that you are teaching uh music man I, I'm I'm so intrigued. There's so much I want to unpack here, man. But I want to I want to start with with the thing that that probably connects and binds so many of us that may be listening. Uh, this beautiful thing called music. How was it introduced to you, man? Uh, I was fortunate. My grandfather, um, you know, rest in peace now, uh, Leon Powell. He was a band director, and he was, but he was a great musician. He played trombone. Um, he was in Greenville, and he had performed with uh, James Brown, Gladys Knight and the Pips. Ray Charles, Aretha Franklin, he subbed for Earth, Wind & Fire's band. Um, so all those, and he was a band director. And so I was always just immersed with funk and I would, well, depending on if the purists of jazz would say, maybe it ain't jazz, but like that, you know, rhythmic funk yeah. bluesy type jazz, I should say. Um, and that was just my upbringing as well as with classical music. And so I was around that all the time with Papa. So um, that was just kind of my first experiences with that. Wow, what what a gift, man! You know, I, I always I always say all we can really leave in this thing called life is what we believe, right? Right? Um, you can't take it with you, but yeah. but the legacy, man, the legacy that that what he was able to invest in you continues to resonate. You know, if I can if I can be so so forward and it's, it may be personal, but I I, I have to ask, um, yeah. how much of of your career was he fortunate to see? I heard you heard you say earlier, rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. He oh, he passed. Was that twenty? It was April, April fifteenth, two thousand and twenty. Oh, wow. So last year. Oh wow! It's um, my birthday, matter of fact. Wow, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh wow! April really? 15th, That's crazy. Yeah. See? Taxes are due on your birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he passed that day. So for, for most of my life, and That's a blessing, I wouldn't man. be where I am today without him. And it's it's funny because growing up, he always encouraged me not to be a band director. <laughs> <laughs> hours you know and it takes a lot of time if you want to be successful at what we do so um you know and it was like the bang in the book may not be worth it but i was in 10th grade and my uncle his son my uncle um had made a comment to me it was like i'm trying to figure out what am i gonna do for the rest of my life and he had told me you know he had told me find something you can wake up every day excited mm -hmm. to do um mm -hmm. and that way it doesn't feel like a job mm -hmm. and so it was like a like maybe took like 20 minutes and then i just had an aha moment like i love people and i love music yeah. i'm gonna be a band director you know it was just like that 10th grade um i was in hawaii wow. at the time and i was sitting on the steps and it was like bam got it and so since then i was just motivated to uh, do this um even again even against the wishes of my grandfather but even all the steps i've made and he's been that guiding force of hey make sure you go to this conference hey make sure you're learning this Oh, make sure you take private lessons. I'll send you money so you can do that. Oh, here's this all-state thing. Like, Papa, I don't want to do all-state. I'm going to go to the gym and play basketball. No, you're going to do all-state. Yeah. I'm going to make sure your mama know you're going to do all-state. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> he put those things in me. And I would say one of the biggest things he put in me was this idea of music is music, but being diverse within it. When I say diverse, if I can be candid, you know, yeah. it's – Within our culture, I'm talking about like African American culture, it's so easy to say we do this one thing. Like mm -hmm. I went to an HBCU and all right, here's this style of music we do, and that's what we do. Whereas my grandfather was always explore different things. Like 
all right, go to this Allstate thing. I don't care if you're going to be the only black person in there. You're going to be yeah. a better person and, or you're going to be a better musician. But more importantly, you're going to be a better person by going through that. And, and my father being in the military kind of shaped this way of that because he always had to figure out you learn new people. You know, it's a very mm -hmm. multicultural experience. So you had to adapt. And my grandfather was always pushing me with that. So even though I went to a Jackson State, um, I would like to think the level of musician I am, I could be anywhere. And I think that's only manifested itself by my graduate work going to an LSU and being able to thrive. Now, there's a whole imposter syndrome thing I went through or maybe still going through. Yeah. That's a, maybe for part two of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. but the biggest thing my grandfather, I would just say, put into me was just putting yourself out there, learn and grow regardless of race, regardless of hue, regardless of your background, belief system. Like, go out there, learn, try to be as great as you can. And those things, while I did not appreciate it or I didn't understand the value of it as a middle school student doing the Louisiana Band Mass Association All-Star Band or, um, you know, being in an All-State Band in Hawaii, those things have helped me out now to where I can have conversations, I feel, with anybody mm -hmm. because I've had experiences that I can relate to people. And those were all manifested from my grandfather growing up. He was the first African-American to get superior ratings in the North Mississippi, even when he was going and they were giving him uh, fours and fives to disenfranchise him from going. The third year he goes, the guy judge went up to him and said, I refuse to give a Negro director a one. So tell me where you I mean, to give you sweepstakes. So tell me where you'd rather get a one on in stage and sight reading or marching, because back then you had to do it all at one yeah. time. And he was just like, wow. no, I'm going to, you know, my group earn it. So, you know, going through those things to where it disenfranchises colleagues to where, see what, I ain't gonna try to do quote unquote white people stuff, I'm gonna do my own thing. He was very much so, no, this is what's gonna manifest me. So those seeds, long story short, manifested in me to where it has led me to be like now, you know, the first African-American um, director, March, you know, athletic band director in the SEC, let alone at LSU. But it was all those seeds he was planting 20 years ago, 30 years ago that, bared their fruit later in his life man you know he hearing you talk about that i'm 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 inspired by Popo. you know what i'm saying because <laughs> no really i mean really because because i've 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 grown up in a situation I've, I've i've i grew up in a community that had little value so little value that that they literally bulldozed the whole town Okay, mm. it's not even there anymore. There ain't a blade of grass, ain't a tree stump, school, nothing there. And the crazy thing is, before the bulldozers showed up, we already knew there wasn't a lot of value that was seen in in the in the inhabitants of this community. But mm -hmm. with that being said, I had some sound adults in my life, just like you had a sound adult. My grandmother, who honestly, if if history looks back, <laughs> me and my sister were talking about this yesterday. My grandmother was not a nice woman. Okay, I'm just be real with you. She was born in 1910, and I never Ooh, understood why oh she yeah. had the demeanor she had. But when you understand, when she was born, women couldn't vote. When yeah, she was born, Jim Crow. You know, yeah, when she was born, it was like two world wars. Like, like she's seen some stuff, and you know, I can understand. You know, her demeanor said, "Forgive me if I don't smile on the picture," because <laughs> she'd been through some stuff, and we didn't understand. Oftentimes, her love manifested or showed in ways that we didn't really understood until we get a little life up under us right or a little mm -hmm. life behind us and and one thing i remember uh from her was you didn't really get summers off man 
<laughs> matter of fact, I, look, I'm being nice. You flat out didn't get summers off, okay? So <laughs> summer vacation, summer vacation, uh, pretty much consisted of being awake, waking up at 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 five in the morning, six if you were lucky, okay? You got up, you went and either you picked pears, you picked figs, or you went and picked blackberries and you cut people's grass. You did work. Like there was no, there was no summer vacation and you did this for no pay. Like you just, mm. there was no allowance. You just did it. It was either looking for my folks that are listening. Look, you about to get the real. It was either you get up or you get your butt whooped. I'm sorry. It was, it was a different age back then. They get the bill to get the switch. Grandma was old school, 1900 y'all. Okay. 1910 mm. to be exact. So, so, so anyway, we would go out there and the crazy thing is this, some things you don't really see until later. My grandmother would always say, you're going to hear me now, but you're going to listen to me later. Huh? That's some old wisdom right there for you. Third grade education, but but <laughs> eternal wisdom, right? Right? Uh -huh. So so now I look back on stuff and I'm like, huh, I kind of get it now. One thing that, that really hits me now is um, <laughs> she'd always say, never mind. When a bad situation came up, never mind. If you started acting up, she said, never mind. And that was to admonish you. That was meant hush up, sit down. It was to put you in place or put mm -hmm. a situation in place. She she was basically telling you off, never mind. And sometime I'd see her talk to a situation, quote unquote, she'd say, never mind. And I was like, oh, she kind of crazy. She's just talking to herself. But I get it now because when we came home, when we come home, we would, uh, <laughs> we'd take the, we'd take the, what do you call it? We take the 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 figs and the pears, and she'd make preserves and jellies. She'd make mm. jam and stuff, and she'd be in that kitchen. And she didn't have a lot of ingredients. She didn't have the spice rack. <laughs> she didn't have all this stuff. Matter of fact, if you looked in her cabinets, she didn't really have a lot. But it's so funny how those older people didn't have a lot, but they had a lot. They oh, could do yeah. a lot with what they had, you know. Um, the true biblical sense, you know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> loaves and bread. <laughs> You make some stuff pop off. And she had this thing that mesmerized me, man. Called It was a sifter. And folks of a certain generation have no idea what I'm talking about. Like, if you're younger and you ain't been in the kitchen, you literally have no idea what a sifter is. But it's a cylindrical device. And it either had a little wind-up thing or it had, like, a little trigger on the handle. And what you did was you would put the sugar, the spice, everything nice, the flour. You'd put it in there. And they had, like, this chain mill or something at the bottom. And every time you turned that trigger or squeezed it, the granular stuff, the, the 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 process stuff would come through, but that little twig that little Mickey picked and didn't really care about, and that he didn't really you know uh, throw away, that made its way to the ingredients. It was too big to come through. It was too big to come through that stuff, and and I'm telling you this because I was looking up the word crisis a few years ago because everybody was talking about crisis and unprecedented. And I found out that crisis is not necessarily a negative word. It's actually a derivative of the word sift. I thought that was so interesting. We put a negative connotation to, 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 to crisis, but it really means to sift. And I think about grandma's kitchen because the thing about it was if you had that flour that was clumped up or that sugar that was clumped up or that leaf or that twig that I should have known better than to put in there with the ingredients, the sifter did the job of only allowing the processed stuff to come through. And the unrefined thing had no ability and no, and no invite to come through on the other side. Mm -hmm. So when I think of folks like Papa who went through some personal crisis, they went through some things that really would have turned some other folks off. It actually made him better. It made him refined. But most importantly, it gave you a model 
of what excellence can and should be. And now you winning battles and doing things that people probably scratching their head going, how did you do it? But they don't understand. It's the investment that it's a seed that Pawpaw planted. It's that perspective that that dad gave, you know, or that mom gave with their travels and their profession and their journey that you just can't put a price tag on that. And that's why I say seeing the sound is so much more than the music. It's every little thing that you bring to the table because that thing called music brought you to so many places, places where they said hello, places where they say konnichiwa, places where they say now bonjour, but they all saying the same thing, (laughs) man. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. And something that hit me, uh, this may have been three or four years ago, uh, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book, Outliers. And that just kind of shaped because some perspective of me. So I was born at 473 North Delessum Street, Greenville, Mississippi. It's right next to Nelson Street. Anybody from Greenville knows that Nelson Street is like the roughest area yeah. in all of the city. Um, even though even even though when we grew up, I never experienced certain mm-hmm. stuff. It was just train tracks. Don't cross them train tracks, boy. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was so we found my realized my family found value in what they had, even though it wasn't a lot. It was important. But um Looking so fast forwarding, let's say 20 years later, and looking at where I'm at in my life and where I, my brother is in his life, um, and looking at my cousins who may not be around where yeah. we were, but we all came from the same environment. And so it's just like, why am I different? Or mm-hmm. how am I having opportunities where maybe others hadn't? And Michael Gladwell talks about there's no such, no such thing as an outlier. It's really things that happen in your life that help propel you to all those things. So like my grandfather, I told you his, you know, things and similar to your uh, your grandmother, like my grandparents grew up through Jim Crow, uh, where my grandfather couldn't eat white meat. He was only allowed to eat dark chicken, like chicken. He can not eat white meat, only dark meat. My grandmother couldn't drink Coca-Cola. Uh, that was only for the whites. She had to drink RC Cola, RCA Cola. Um, so to the to the day my grandfather passed, he would never eat dark meat because yeah. he was making up all the times he could he couldn't, and you know going to places and dealing with segregation. My grandmother having to be a sharecropper and she's picking cotton and they're bringing the uh, planes with insecticides and they're dumping that on the workers while they're out there, mm-hmm. you know, literally mm-hmm. working. Um, so they're getting poisoned while doing that. So those things have shaped you know values. Be appreciative of what you have. Uh, when you go certain places, don't act a certain way because you may trigger something that then has a different kind of reaction, which is based on Jim Crow. Now, that may turn into what a person may call as professionalism, but it just made me adaptable. Oh, OK, let me make sure even though I'm in a certain situation based on these prior experiences or based on education, what they went through, I don't put myself in an ill fortune situation. But more importantly for me, it made me appreciate and value and not devalue the experiences I had because how could I go to this all-state band or go to, I taught in Chile for a summer at one point. How can I go there and not take full advantage of that when I have grandparents who've never left the country? Yeah, when I had a grandmother getting poisoned just to make sure she can have enough money to go to the corner store to buy bologna to feed her kids. How could I then be unthankful or unappreciative for the opportunities that I have? You know what I mean? So it gives you a different kind of work ethic. Like yeah. I can't take this for granted. My my folks went through too much for me to just blow it off or not do certain things. So all those things help manifest, to, like again, to where I am now. And I have a clearer vision of that. I didn't see it then. It was just, but you know, they playing football, mama. I want to go across train tracks. You know what I mean? How come mm-hmm. I can't? But who knows? I go over there and a drug deal goes bad, you know, as a drive by and I'm just an innocent bystander. And you read about those every week, you know what I mean? Or at least monthly, you know, depending on where you are, like those things happen. That could be me. I've had family members that succumb to that. And it's just 
all those things made me think back. It lets me know, like, I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose. And there's a lot of that is predicated on the sacrifices my parents. I didn't get into them, but, you know, my grandparents have made. I can't I can't halfway do it That's because it. too many people have sacrificed for me to have opportunities that I do have. And those folks that I know who imagine yeah. the players and other people I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, we see somebody that looks like me on that ladder at the 50-yard line. I kind of took that for granted a few years ago, but just seeing the face of like, not the stereotype, but like custodian workers, you know, who look mm-hmm. like me. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, we got a black person in this office. Yeah. I never thought I'd see the day in LSU. And even though I'm like, that's just me. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. Like, there's big for that person. About, yeah. yeah I, I'm just Kelvin. But you look at history, you know, LSU has been around since the 1800s and I'm the first, you know what I mean? So it's like mm-hmm. their perspective is not devalued or thrown away. It's just, me realizing like that means a lot to a lot of people. I can't mess this up. And that that comes with a lot of, you know, inner burden and not saying I'm trying to go out there and put extra pressure on me, but not to make. Yeah, exactly. Not to make dumb decisions or do things that people do in this society. And it's like, you're blessed with an opportunity. And I am fortunate, very fortunate and thankful and blessed and humbled to have this opportunity. But, you know, I had to work for it and not to ruin it. I was telling somebody this a couple weeks ago. Like, yes, I may be the first to do these things, but it's not like an N of one to use a research term. Like my Mm -hmm. goal is, okay, I may not have, you may not have seen a person that looked like me in any SEC school or whatever, or the first African-American that can uh, band director to lead a national championship, all these things I've heard about, but that that doesn't mean it should be the last, you know, or not even looking at it from a black and a black perspective, a minority, you know what I mean? Heck, a person with freckles, you know what I mean? A person who rocks like I'm me and I value who I am. And a person can look at that and say, you know what, I could do that. There's a pathway. And okay, while I may have, you know, quote unquote, shattered glass and all these things to kick a door open, but shoot, now that I'm in the house, hey, come on in, you know. Trick the windows, you know what I mean? Fix the roof. Like, hey, this is open flood season, you know? So, and that's just people to see someone that looks like me. That's why I was saying for those that I don't even know that may just see me on a Facebook or Instagram or in a news article or something, heck, on TV, to be quite frank. Yeah. That doesn't mean that that should be the last one. That means more people can have opportunities. You have a bridgeway, you have a pathway to get there because you see somebody that reflects that same way people look at you. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, wow. There's Mickey. You know what I mean? With the hat next to Alicia keys, the Grammys, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, that's big time. You know what I mean? So for people you don't even know, and you don't realize the impact you may have not losing sight of that because we're all here for a reason. I believe that my faith that's does. So how to manifest that, to make sure that that you're opening, hopefully being blessings to other people. That's what that's it's all it. about. True spirit of education. And you're right. It's the true spirit of education. You know, shortly before we got on the line today, I was actually on a call with a former student of mine. And this student is now grown. Um, You know, he he happens to be uh, a black uh, young man that lives in Washington, D.C. Had to get my my figures straight, my facts straight. He's in (laughs) D.C. doing his graduate work now or or actually postgraduate. He's he's going in law school now. Uh, Just a tremendous young man. And talking with him, he began to recount some things that I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even think was a big deal, but the way he perceived them and saw them, you know, even something as simple as, um, you know, us having that same heritage and culture, ethnicity, and, and me being a, a present figure in his life and giving him a sense of, of, of assurance. And most importantly, uh, a perspective of, wow, 
Mr. Smith's a professional. Maybe I should think about doing something professionally and not just trying to make it to the NFL or the NBA, which, hey, God bless. That's a wonderful thing. <laughs> but there's so much more in this thing called life that you can do. And hearing how just wearing a shirt and tie, he spoke about that. He was like, you always wore a shirt and tie to class. And he's like, and he explained what that meant to him. <laughs> and, and, and for those people that are listening today, that, you know, and we have folks that may be of all different ethnicities and backgrounds. Listen, what we're saying today, you know, what I'm hearing from your heart is number one, that you matter in ways that sometimes you don't even realize we matter in ways we are significant. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, man, statistically, you and I are really cut from the same cloth, similar communities we came from. Statistically, you and I should not even be here today. Statistically, mm -hmm. statistically, I shouldn't be here. I'll tell you this. Matter of fact, there's nothing even when I look around and I see people that I hung with, shoot ball with, that are, like you said, are either no longer with us in the living or are no longer with us, maybe incarcerated and different things like that. I realize that there's nothing special about me, but there is something significant about me. And the same is true for anybody that's listening today. There's nothing. No one's here today to say that their journey or their role is more special. Nobody's special, but everybody is significant. And for those that are listening today, if you can't understand that, then I want to challenge you. Look at it from a musical standpoint. There's no instrument that's special, but every instrument is significant. Meaning the instrumentation is all needed for it to be a quality sonority one band, one sound. The flute is no more special than the tuba, but if you take one away, it changes the wind ensemble. So today we're not really talking to an audience. We're speaking to, or in your case, we're conducting a symphony because everybody that's listening has a sound. They have a significance, but it takes all of our sounds together to make something powerful. Matter of fact, you can't even say the word band without the word and. It takes us all. We Life's better when we band together. So, so when you hear us talk, this is why this is so important. When we have these dialogues and you hear somebody like Kelvin, Dr. Jones is talking, you begin to understand that when you see him operating with the gift and the passion, it's coming from a deep place. Most artists that you see, most of these artists, when they operate from that deep place, sometimes it comes from a tragic place, but it comes from a place that touches their heart. Look, man, look, I'm going to tell you like this. People come to me all the time. They're like, Mickey, you know, uh, matter of fact, I had a call with a gentleman earlier today. Sometimes I do some coaching with individuals and um, there's some lessons that I've learned because uh, if I can be so forward, uh, you know, the Grammy thing. Um, you know, people, people oftentimes recognize and honor it. I got to be honest with you. It's going to sound kind of arrogant, but I'm just being, we just being honest today. Yeah. That, that wasn't no accident. That wasn't mm -hmm. luck. My, my, my former student I was talking to earlier today said, you know, he's just lucky. I said, no, you're very prepared. Prepared people appear to be very lucky. Right. So, <laughs> so in my case, I'm just being real. You show me that somebody that's lucky habitually. I'm going to show you some straight up New England Patriots type stuff. Them jokers, <laughs> them jokers are just prepared. Them jokers, like, my man lucky. traded away the greatest quarterback in the world and they still probably going to make the playoffs. Right. Right. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, you know, you see that even with the Grammy, there were some things that I, there was vision. There was vision there. I didn't just wake up one morning and just stumble into that. There was a vision and that vision was crafted by people that came before me. I had some sound adults in my life that even spoke that thing into my existence. Just like you have family members that were like, no, you're going to go to this. You're going to do this because we see something special in you. And I know that everybody that's listening today has had opportunities. Some have taken advantage of it. Some may have even let those opportunities pass. And unfortunately, when opportunity knock, it ain't obligated to come back. So I'm here mm. to tell you today, 
you know, that when we look at folks like this, when we hear stories like this, it's often the result of vision, intentionality, and consistency. Those are the things that turn you from a victor to a victim, you know, mm. and, 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 and when I hear you talk, it comes from a deep place and that deep place allows you not only to operate in gift, but in passion. And I think between the intersection of your gift and passion, that's when you find people sound. And look, Kelvin, I'm going to tell you this. I done been to a lot of stuff and I've been to some churches. I done been to some, some school programs and I see the choir and a lot of times there'll be somebody with a solo and they will have great passion, but no gift. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you laugh because if y'all laughing right now, listening, you understand what I'm saying. If you didn't laugh, you probably that person. I'm just being honest. I love you today, but you and look, if I can break it down, if you're operating with passion and no gift, that mean in the old school, my grandma say you making a joyful noise. That mean, <laughs> that mean you got the passion, but you just not gifted at it. But then there's some people like, look, I'm date myself. They got they got them jokers that got the one name, Luther. Yeah. Whitney. Look, look, some, <laughs> look, look, some, look, th there you go. I'm look, I'm gonna spell it out for some of y'all. Whitney Houston, right? Right. <laughs> the voice. She had great gift, but she also had incredible passion. Right. So, so for my, my folks that are in the profession in this season, they may be like, well, Mickey, what does that have to do with anything? You know, for the last couple of years, we've been faced with that thing called crisis. Now, Winston Churchill said, never let a good crisis go to waste. <laughs> and I think that's because he understood that the crisis was never meant to stay, but he had enough passion and purpose to help him persevere through that crisis, through the problem. And for so many of us, when the crisis hit, whether it's COVID, civil unrest, these different things, it left us in situations where certain elements of what we did changed. And it changed so much until many of us lost our sense of self. We lost our sound because we couldn't make the sounds we were used to making before. And we literally had people out here losing their mind, not knowing what to do. And I'm not trying to denigrate anybody or diminish it or make light of anything. It's a tragic thing that, that, that we've lost people and that people have even lost themselves in the midst of this. But I believe when I look at somebody like you, who's been through a little bit of something, that even now you still go through things. What are those things that allow you to keep on going, even in the face of a storm, on the face of crisis? Inquiring minds want to know, man, because I know every day is not unicorns and rainbows. So how do you make it pop? How do you make it happen when you maybe are not feeling sound? That's a, now that's a great question. Um, shoot, I don't, we don't have enough time to go through all of that. <laughs> that's but, good. Uh, but some of the big things I would say is... Um, to back up a little bit, and I promise this will make sense. One of my personal beliefs is even though I'm a director, a band director, and I lead 300 plus people, um, you have to care about the musician in order to make the music. Mm. Um, and I have people, I know people, and I have colleagues where it's music centered, it's music oriented, we need the best product possible. But for me personally, I don't even know if you, if y'all, if the listeners caught this, when I said, when my uncle asked me years ago, what pick up something I want to do. The first thing I said was I love people and I love music. People were first. And so my, this is again, this is a gospel according to Kelvin Jones. Yeah. I feel like preach, you have to preach. care about the person playing that instrument in order for them to truly make the music that you want. Again, that's me. So um, with that, 
and with the program that I have, I always try to figure out what are things that we can do to get student buy-in. And for long story short, is not necessarily getting people to like what I do, but making sure that their voice is accounted for and that they're having a quality experience. Because if our students aren't having a quality experience, then I, I think any educator worth their grain of salt is always racking their brain on how can they be more effective, how, you know, be better, all those things. So that stuff wears on you. And for me, it just happened to be a program that's in a spotlight. So um, I read a quote by Nick Saban and the quote was, this was maybe like a month ago. And the quote was, if you want to make everybody happy, don't be a leader. Hmm. Go sell ice cream. And then I would add to that. And then you would probably still find people who will complain about the ice cream. You know, maybe you don't have my flavor or maybe it's not gluten free or maybe mm -hmm. you whatever you go. You're going to find people that's going to find issues with everything. And then when I read that, it just it just again, it just sunk with me like, OK, let me try to make sure the decisions I'm making for these students are the best, the best thing for all. Because, you know, you, you read stuff and if, if, if anybody gets like course evaluations or whatever, you read that, it, <laughs> there can be a hundred things on there and there can be one issue, one like one one thing, at least for me. I don't know how y'all are, but for me, I like fester on that one thing. Lord, don't, don't let it be two. Oh, my gosh. Two people feel this way. And then when it's things that, you know, you've been working really hard on. And again, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying that all those things, but. You know, I, I, my wife can attest to this. I spend a lot of time yeah. making sure students' voices are heard. I, I may not agree with everything they say, but I listen to it. I, you know, I've, I th process that stuff. And then when you hear, oh, they don't they don't care about what we say or do. And it's like that stuff just eats at you like, yeah. whoa, what am I missing here? Or if that's how I really feel, then I guess I could save myself a lot of sleepless nights and then just not be that way. And that's not me at my nature. Mm -hmm. But not being so gung-ho on trying to please everybody or even every fan or even another thing like with social media there's a lot of great things with yeah. that but it just takes people who have no clue who you are to go on there and say something crazy and you know i, I have good friends and family who then engage and then i see it <laughs> and it's like it's a comment based on you know just ignorance yeah and ignorance, that's hearsay yeah and time and spirit for me whereas you know your mission, you know your vision, and you know just stupid stuff people would say to you or, or say about you, and I'm like, that's clearly not anything indicative of me um, or how I am. And it's always like, if you truly knew Kelvin versus your perception of Dr. Jones, this comment wouldn't even manifest. So not letting stuff like that really get to me. I've gotten better at that. Year one in this position, I can't say that I was great sure, at that. because. Sure. It was new to me um, and like the fame and all that. Like, again, I'm, I'm just Kelvin. Like, you know, let's have a conversation. Like I was in a place in Chicago not too long ago and folks were taking photos of me. Yeah. Eating. Like that's, that's <laughs> like, like, stop. Like I'm Kelvin. What's your name? You know what I mean? Like it's a granted. That's a super first world problem. Right. People could be like, I don't care who you are. You know, so I'm, I don't want to sound tongue in cheek when I say that it's just different, you know, that's and it. outside of what I am. But those would be some of the big things is trying to manifest this thing and i say and the reason i say all that is because it's not lost on me i am an african-american in the south in the united states of america and while i am blessed and fortunate to have opportunities that i have my grandfather always had a saying don't dangle raw meat in a lion's mouth mm -hmm. and so what i mean by that or what he what what he meant by that in this analogy is not to do anything to make people upset because again his perspective 
I just want a two piece of chicken from KFC, <laughs> you know, a wing and a breast. But oh, you trying to eat white meat? You know what I mean? Colors don't eat white meat here. That's a, that's an exaggerated experience. That that was yeah, his experience. Yeah, that was his experience. I, I go through that, but it's just not lost on me. Of it ain't like that was a hundred years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That was in Mississippi. I live in Louisiana. It ain't like that's a thousand miles away. So it's not being lost on that, or not you know, or or, or all the other ignorant things that I have experienced, or even to this day still experience. Just by looking how I look in this country. So wow. not so all to say when I see things or read things like that, they hit me slightly different because I don't want to do things to mess up this blessing that I have to then mess it up for the next person. That's Cause it. I don't want a person to say, well, see, we gave him an opportunity, but you know, you saw what he did. So we good. And yeah. again, that may be exaggerated, but there it's has a been reality. It's like, a reality. Yeah. Exactly. There have been moments specifically in life that that has happened. And I don't want to be the reason something like that would manifest themselves in what we do. So while it may seem trivial of one comment or two comments on course evaluations, that hits me a little differently because I know what I bring to this table or the shoulders that I'm holding while in this position. And it's it's having that level of awareness. And, and as you as you hear them again, it comes from a deep place. Right. And 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 you practice what you preach. You know, I, I'm hearing two things. I'm hearing there's an understanding that, hey, I'm just humanity on display. Like, let's all bring it down a notch. You know, we're all just human beings. But, you know, at the same time, you know, we are all human beings, but we all serve a role and a purpose. And I believe mm -hmm. that that part of this is you've been trusted uh, with an opportunity, so to speak, uh, whether it's by the ancestors and, and, and whatnot, but you've been given this opportunity because you've been, you can be trusted with it. You know, how, how, the, how the old uh, adage goes to who much is given, much is required, right? Much right? is required, you yes. Know? With, great, with great power comes great responsibility. And, and, and whether you are the head of bands, head of uh, director of bands for a SEC uh, powerhouse, or whether you're at the small ensemble that's just trying to get it started, we all hold a position, a position of influence. A position of significance, a significance that that really can have a a landmark effect on lives in ways that we don't even realize. So it's not about a power pool or a prestige ploy or anything like that. We all carry something, and if you hear something today, it's just a reminder that you have a significance too. And I'm telling you, this man here, look, you practice. Look, I, you a brave man, number one. He said he don't worry about what people say to the point where it stops what he has to say. And it takes a strong man to to be in LSU out here quoting Nick Saban. I'm just saying, man, you're brave. <laughs> well, remember, remember, he won his first He, he brought the championship. Oh, yeah. We he got, won the let first him know. one in LSU. He, 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 he developed his blueprint here in the purple and gold. But I, I do want to say one more thing, though, yeah. uh, with that. And I think, because I, I don't want the listeners to get lost or I don't want to say get lost, but think it's ideological. Like, very pragmatically, at least for me, is figuring out and it's kind of quoting my man Mickey here is your sound, but what it, it, in order for me to feel that way of not caring what people say, it, it took a point of me being confident in what mm -hmm. I'm doing mm -hmm. and being crystal clear in my vision or having that validation. Maybe it's from other people or not, I don't say people, um, but things or whatever. I'm a God fearing person. So, you know, I'm strong in my Christianity and my faith. But it's like once you figure out that and then you're rock solid in your core, this is my these are my pillars. 
And then you're not worried about the rain that comes because mm -hmm. you know you have a shelter that just moves the rain down. You're not worried about the, the hail that's coming because you know you have something to safeguard that. So the small things kind of don't, they don't get to you as much. They don't rock your foundation. Yeah, yeah. But you have to make sure your foundation is solid first. What's your philosophy? What's your vision? What's your sound? Yeah. And then once you get crystal clear on that, and then I feel you can move with that purpose to where, and I hope, again, this is me, like I'm still yeah, man. You know, um, even though I may have a different different two letters in front of my name, a three in the back with a PhD, like I'm still the person that was born on 473. I said four, not four. Come on. 473 North DeLessa, you know, in Greenville, Mississippi, in the Delta, you know, so like it, it, you're rooted in who you are, but that's a part of my foundation. That's a part of my core. So other little things don't get to me as much, but it's just so important. Listen, it's just regardless of what you're doing, even if you're cutting grass. You know, like, what is your perspective? What is your vision? What is your core? How do you want to do it? How do you want it to look? What's your look of that? What's your sound? I'm getting is what I'm getting at. Man. And then you can manifest and move from that. Man, that that is so timely because I was I was just thinking about something and you and you really set the groundwork for this. Um, two things, two things, actually. You know, we talk about sound. You know, I think it's so important that we're aware of our sound and the sound of others. But what can happen in life is the noise, the distractions, mm -hmm. those things can 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 detract us and distract us and kind of deviate us from from doing those sound things that we need to do. But you reminded us that the noise is just that it's noise. Nothing of importance stops excellence. And when we see noise as that nothing of importance stops excellence, then it puts us in a position to understand don't major in the minors because uh. these things it's just. It's just a crisis. My man Churchill said it. It's just a crisis. You know, whether it's that tweet, whether it's that comment, whether it's that eval, whether it's that 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 new um, mandate that came down from the district. This too shall pass. OK, exactly. it's a puzzle. Figure out how to get over that per puzzle or that's a hurdle. You know, mm -hmm. you look at mm -hmm. a hurdle obstacle and just get over that's the it. hurdle so you can then continue your journey. You Ditto. just got to You got to be you got to be you now. Now, as as I'm as I'm listening to you 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 signify you embody you 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 just personify an idea that i have and uh we'll, we'll kind of close out so to speak with this but i believe that we're all on a journey mm -hmm. i believe that everybody is on this journey from potential to promise now i say that people get all caught up on potential but years ago i, I went on this show called america's got talent i didn't get very far but but when i was lined up to go in i got there mm -hmm. early and I was like, oh, this is going to be sweet. They ain't but a handful of people here. I'm like, bruh, they didn't open up that door for a few hours. By the time they opened up the door to let the contestants come in, uh, we were all the way down where the, where the convention center is in, in New Orleans, all the way down that street. It must have oh, wow. been thousands of people that were in that line. And I was thinking, okay, maybe this ain't a shoe in. <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and, and watch this. It hit me. The name of that show says it all. America's got talent. That means I tell my students all the time, talent ain't special. Mm -mm. Talent ain't spe everybody's got talent. But what makes you significant is what you are able to do with that because everybody's got a measure of talent. So when we say potential, I don't get excited about potential. I, I recognize it. I'm I'm grateful for it. 
but I'm not excited about it, nor should I, nor should I think any of us just be beyond the moon about potential because we all came here with potential. My yep. thing is I don't want to leave here with potential. I'm trying to get to promise. I'm trying to get to the promised land. But how do you get from potential to promise? How do you persevere? I think you have to have, you got to have the map. I call it the management action plan. I got this thing called the promise compass that, that we talk about and I work with educators and, and, and it's a great tool for not just educators, but anybody in general that's trying to operate with that sense of purpose um, that oftentimes our unique journeys have automatically kind of uh, uh, ingratiated us to that that journey. Some people didn't have that opportunity, but this promise compass really gets you to think about some things. And it's not just a map, MAP management action plan, but it's also the GPS. And, and that's what I'm <laughs> hearing from you. See GPS, whether it's in the classroom or whether it's in life, I tell my students, uh, that are student teachers, so to speak, I tell them that in order to have a successful classroom, you got to have a GPS, you got to have guidelines, procedures and systems. That's mm. the only way your classroom is going to work. And I believe life is the same way. So when I listen to you in this, as we've listened to you, and we've listened to your story, I'm reminded the importance of guidelines. Now, when I say guidelines, you got to have standards. People yep. that are winning, people that are, are doing things of excellence, people that are making that significant difference in their communities and the lives of others have a standard. They have a benchmark. They've got that line that says, this is who I am. This is this is this is what I'm about. Doesn't mean that you're better than anybody, but people know they know where they can take you. They know how far they can take you. They know they know where the lines and the boundaries are. And it doesn't mean from a negative connotation. It just means you have a standard. You've set a standard. Your grandfather set a standard. Your parents set a standard. They said, in this house, this is who we are. This is what we represent. And I believe it's so important now more than ever that in these unprecedented times that we have that guideline, that we have that standard, but it doesn't stop with the guidelines, having a procedure, your routines. What are your routines for success? Listening to you today, you've, you've spoken about some things that, that are important to you, your faith, your family. These are different things that you, that you find yourself in. These are things you operate in. And I know even from a day-to-day -day standpoint, there are certain things that you do that are ritualistic, that are habitual, but that are valuable to this thing called success. And then obviously, you've got to have systems. You ain't out here playing street ball. You don't go from Jacksonville State to, to, LA, to the state, Louisiana State University, out here just playing streetball. No, professor, you ain't that professor. This ain't and one. You out here, you running plays, man. And, and I think it's important. We forget that sometimes. So, so, so we're about to we're about to transition to something else. But but if you can just kind of if you can just kind of share your thoughts on that, the value of that GPS. Do you do, are those things that are important in your life? Do you do you see value in that? What's your thoughts? What say you, sir? Yeah, I, I've never thought about it in that way. Um, I will say talking to some of my colleagues at LSU, like everybody knows I, I, what you're saying. I think it's an it's personifies who I am in, in a different way. I never thought about like I am a family oriented person and people I work with know that like I just came back from a bowl game and my mother, my grandmother, my father is there. Uh, when we had the national championship game two years ago in New Orleans, my mother, my wife, my father, uh, my grandmother, my uncle, like basically I, it's like, I call it my little circle. Like every family has immediate family. Yeah. And these were the people that were with me at 473 North Alaska. Yeah. Uh, you know, so they were the people that helped manifest and raise me. So all, any blessing that I get, I feel like it's yes, it's made my name on it, but it's delivered for everybody. Um, so. Um, family is always the root of what I am. They keep me grounded and humble, but more importantly, again, to quote my grandfather again, 
you know, it helps me not forget where I came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and to hear and to see the experiences of my grandmother and things like that, that's just different. So um, those are things just every day. And I'm fortunate I live in Baton Rouge. Or I live in a city called Zachary, but my parents live in Baton Rouge, which is like 15 minutes away. My grandmother's here. My uncle's here. Oh, that okay. circle is not even 30 minutes away. For my wife, her family's two and a half hours away. So I can I, I, I literally, before this call, came from my parents' house. You know, yeah, so it's man. just that really shapes how I am. I'm a God-fearing person. So uh, my faith and trying to be more centered in that and move within purpose because I know I'm here for a reason. I was in a tragic car accident when I was five years old. Wow. Um, my arm, like there's a scar all on my arm, on the side of my head and my hands. Uh, the first doctor I went to said I was going to die. Uh, second doctor I wow. went to, cause my mom was just one of those, not my baby. Second doctor I went to um, said I was going to survive, but I had to cut, amputate my right arm. And then the nurse um, overheard that, told my mom that there is this guy who was this master surgeon who had just retired. Um, he was retiring the next day, if I'm not mistaken. Get and so they, they got him in. He did the emergency surgery. They did a skin graft from my leg. So I still have glass in my veins. Um, but you know, so I, I have this scar on my arm, all to say, like, it's just another visual reminder that I'm here for a reason. Um, and when I could not have been here. So that's why family is important. That's why, you know, I know I'm here for a reason, all those things. Um, and I also joke that that derailed my football career, um, because <laughs> if I would have landed weirdly on my right side, I would lose feeling in my arm. But yeah. that was when I was five. I didn't know that stuff until I got, oh, I didn't know the severity of that then. Sure. But being older and then things happen the way they do. And just to tie it back to what I said earlier about the outliers book, it just goes back to, OK, I'm here for a reason. Like, Absolutely. yeah, my, you know, my grandparents did these things to help that set that up. Oh. I went to this Allstate thing and I was there with this kid and that kid is now getting a DMA at this school who can now put a word in for me. You know, it's like life just has this weird way of happening um, where to, to, to quote you from earlier, like it's not luck. You know what I mean? It's yeah. preparation. Stuff that I was preparing for when I was in middle school, just didn't know I was preparing for it, to high school, to being in Hawaii. I was in Hawaii at the same time as an artist named Peter Hernandez. My best friend's girlfriend sang in this group. You probably wonder who is Peter Hernandez. His <gasps> artist name is Bruno Mars. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? But it's like, again, you know, it's the outliers. Like, now granted, I've only seen him like three times in my life. I'm not seeing I'm a friend of his wow. at all. My best friend's girlfriend sang in his group and, you know, all those things, but it's just, Life happens, right? You know, and to where things manifest. So I have a visual reminder every day of my arm that lets me know you you can't have do anything, work really hard, put your best foot forward, a different kind of work ethic that I'm learning a lot of people may not have, but that's just something that was just rooted in me to where, you know, whatever you do, you put 100% in. If you got 110, I would argue you probably ain't even close to 90%, you know, Mm. so work as hard as you can. And regardless of what you're doing, um, while again, being clear in your sound, your vision, your pillars, um, to help manifest whatever's destined for you in this world. Man, see, see, see America, see world, <laughs> see, see, I'm telling you, I told you when we started, I said, this dude is strong. I look, I didn't know, like some people got uh, ice in their veins. My man got glass in his veins. So I tell you, that's a whole nother <laughs> level. Uh, you just heard it here. And and I'm just saying, man, like this is this has been so powerful. But watch this. Watch this. Anybody that knows that's been listening to us know we got a tradition, man. Before we let you out of here today, we got to put you on the hot seat. 
We and we sure. look. If I didn't, if I wasn't gonna do it before, I'm definitely gonna do it now. We gotta because you don't brought too much fire now. Nah. You don't brought so much fire. I gotta put you on the hot seat, man. Look, you know what time it is. It's time for our sound check. Now, look, Kelvin. This is something I do daily, every day, every day. I tell folks, you know, things don't happen by happenstance. They happen by habit stack. Small things done well stacked on top of each other over time, right? So if you see anything intentional about me. It's because it's intentional, right? Like, like, like there's nothing special about me, but there is something that is significant, but that comes from me being intentional about it. And I think now more than ever with so much negative, with so much darkness, with so much noise in our world, we have to be extremely intentional about being sound. Why? Because as you said it before, there were people in your pathway that helped you be who you are. And I truly believe that now more than ever, every child is just one sound adult away from discovering their own sound of success. But it's by the hands of those sound adults in their life. So we yeah. have that responsibility to be that sound. So look, we got something we call the sound check. So look, this is this is our, this is our little coda right here. We're going, we going to the coda right now. But right. We're, not, we're not finished yet. So look, guys, y'all know the deal. On the other side of this sound check, we'll be right back. Hang tight, guys. Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two one two. And we are back, and you know what time it is, guys. You've been with us. I'm telling you, it's been an amazing time together with Dr. Kelvin Jones. I got to put that doctor on it. Like, look, look, uh, look, Kelvin. I got a street <laughs> named after me at my alma mater at McNeese. Truly a blessing, man. I was a kid they didn't even think was going to college. Now I got a street named to me at the college. But but my DR is at the end of my name. It's Mickey Smith Jr. Drive. I'm trying to get that <laughs> DR in the front. I'm trying to be like you, man. <laughs> but I ain't got I ain't got the courage yet to go back. I, we'll see. Cool. We'll see what hey, day. That's what cool. day. Hey, that'll last a lot longer. That's, hey, streets don't change. <laughs> <laughs> so look, man, look, look, this has been a delight and an honor. And I know I'm not just thinking that. I know anybody that's under the sound of my voice has been benefited by our time together. But our time's not over yet. Anybody that's been a fan of the podcast knows there's a tradition. There's a tradition. We put you on the hot seat. We put you on the hot seat, right? So, so look, sound is something that I do every day. It's an acronym that I go through. It's a self-check thing to make sure that I'm putting my best foot forward. Look, there's nothing special about me, okay? As I said before, I'm not trying to have all the answers. I'm just trying to answer the call every day. And sometimes that takes a level of intentionality that, that we can only do on purpose and with purpose. And for me, that means being sound. Sound meaning S-O-U-N-D. So I'm going to break down this acronym and we're going to do this rapid fire. I'm like, I'm like Serena. I'm going to hit the ball back. You can try to hit back, Venus, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to serve that bad boy fast. And I want you to hit it back to me. First thing that comes to your mind, rapid fire. When I say this phrase, what does it mean to you? S, see yourself beyond yourself. When I say see yourself beyond yourself, what does that mean to you? See the end of the line. You may see a road, but see where you can go with that. Because um, sometimes what you just see may not be what you can really become. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's more <laughs> to the story than what meets the eye. That's, that's powerful, man. Be able to see mm -hmm. that whole road. We talked about it before. Potential to promise. The pathway is perseverance. Can you see that promise down the road? So many people can't, but you living in it, man. So yeah, most definitely. I know. I know. All right. So we got it. Hey, you batting a thousand. Here we go. Here we go. He, <laughs> America world. He's doing good so far. Let's see if he got the fire. Here we go. We did ask. O stands for 
operate in optimism and excellence daily. What does it mean to operate in optimism and excellence daily? I feel it's manifesting. Anything you repeat, you manifest. So I'm always trying to be a positive person. Uh, we're too fortunate, or I'm going to speak for me, like I'm too fortunate to have be down, be negative. It's so easy to do that, especially in society and things you see, but that you can look at that cup two ways, half full or half empty. Um, so find the best thing that's going on and manifest that. Be that beacon of positivity. And the more things you keep repeating and doing, the more likelihood that's to manifest. Wow. Be the beacon of positivity. Put the positivity on repeat. Y'all got these hashtags? This man dropping fire. And look, what I love <laughs> about it is this. We spoke about a lot of stuff earlier. And some people that were listening, <laughs> matter of fact, let me put it like this. Some people that were hearing and weren't listening, because again, mm -hmm. my grandmother, you always used to say, you're going to hear me now, but you're going to listen to me later. If you only heard, you may have heard, oh man, so much negative, you know, and, 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 and problematic and difficulties in, 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 in the family tree and lineage and historically. But that's not what you heard if you were listening. What you heard was, I see what can be. I see what can be. Those problematic and crisis moments, actually, they, they, they help us to be better if we allow it, if we allow it. It wasn't meant to break us, it was meant to refine us. And now I hear that beacon of positivity that says, hey, I've been through a little something, but I'm better for it. That's powerful, man. Put the positive on repeat. Hey, you better, hey, you better trademark that, man. Get the t-shirt. <laughs> had to get the t-shirt. Put the positive on repeat. Then had to do look, look, I'm gonna I'm break it down, Doc Jones. Then have the two little dots, the repeat sign right there. I'm telling you, that's your hey, thing right there, man. Like that. That's like your that. thing right there. Hey, so we got we got the S, we got the O. U stands for, check it out, utilize all available resources. When I say utilize all available resources, what does that mean to you? Ask questions, figure out, figure out ways and use people to help you get to the path where you're trying to go. A lot of times people want to have this crabs in a barrel mentality or mm. put themselves in this uh, silo of I need to figure it out because I'm afraid I may look dumb. I'm afraid I'm going to look less than. I'm afraid I may not be able to, if I do this, they're going to look down on me. No, ask for help. There's anybody you know that's successful did not get there by themselves. Even the stories about Donald Trump, regardless how you feel about him, people say, well, he got gifted a million or $10 million, but he Still took to do that something. and flipped it into a billionaire. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So everybody uses help. Everybody needs assistance, regardless of where you are and regardless of where you're trying to go. So find out if you're trying to do something, find people in your network, in your system that are doing that, or that may know somebody there to put you in those crosswebs and where's what you do. Mickey and I met when we did a, a thing uh, for this guy named Quincy Hillier That's in it. Lafayette. It was his summer uh, workshop for directors, us two and another educator, Jessica Fan. I didn't know this brother beforehand, yeah. but hearing him talk and hearing him play, you know, that was inspiring. And just through this mutual friend, we had a connection into where it's manifesting to where I'm having the honor to talk on this, you know, here. So utilize wow. resources never be afraid to ask for help because you never know who's going to be that person to have access to that key to unlock that door that you may need to get to where you're trying to go hey y'all see this man is strong not only is he a doctorate a philosopher also historian <laughs> my man went back in the history i forgot about that man no, much love to dr hilliard much love yeah. Dr. Hilliard. that's right man i forgot about the mm -hmm. summer session that was our mm -hmm. first time meeting were you yep. were you a director at at, at lsu then yeah, I may have been, I think it I was been, a, either a grad assistant or just assistant director. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, and I was talking about my experiences from West Feliciana. When that's I was right. High yep. Um, wow. But yeah, wow. that's you know. So, it's, but it's just if if I didn't put myself out there or utilizing that mentorship and friendship, really, rather with Quincy, that is manifested to really being a true brotherhood. You know, I'm I'm not there, or, or I'm not there at the time. You know, Mickey's there, and then. I just meet him as a fan of his versus something we did yeah, together colleague, that yeah. blossomed. So it's that outliers thing, man. You know, it's just things that have happened that manifested themselves to where they are. And who knows what your story can be for anybody that's listening out there. That's you true. go to that professional development or you go to that workshop and then you meet somebody or you work with somebody there and you ask for their help or you ask for their guidance. And they may have this one internship available that just you know, got opened up two days ago, but being that you asked the right time on the right way, you've been fortunate to have that. And then that jumpstarts your career. So you never know who's going to be that person. Never. Pre uh, prepared people are very lucky. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. I'm just saying. All right. So here we go. Woo. My man, my man, bringing the fire, bringing the fire. Here we go. We got one more. Now somebody said, Mickey sound got more than one, one more letter, but trust me. I got y'all. I got y'all. Y'all know the deal. Y'all know the deal. Hold on. Hold on. First time listeners, just be patient. Folks that's been with us, if you family, you know it ain't over. But we got <laughs> one more for you, Dr. Jones. Here we go. So we had See Yourself Beyond Yourself. We had Operating Optimism and Excellence. We had Utilize All Available Resources. In is simply this, Nourish Relationships. We kind of touched on that, but Nourish Relationships, what say you? Nourish Relationships, boy, that is so profound and it's, it's true. You never know who's going to be that person you need. It's that old saying, you know, never cross a bridge. Um, but I would just say just manifest relationships because some people can look into that and take it as I need to suck up or it, they go about things hmm. in an inorganic way. That's what I'm trying oh, to get at. Yeah. When, when you're dealing with people, you deal with people. And regardless if you may perceive that person to be someone of high power and value or somebody who may not. One thing I can definitely say, and it's something that's manifested in my life, is uh, people don't forget things. And you never know who you're going to need. And I say mm -hmm. that because I remember when I first started teaching high school, there were people in this district, in this area. They looked at me and, oh, you're from Southern University. And even though I went to Jackson State, that's Southern's rival. <laughs> but they, they saw a black person, a black guy, just assumed I went to Southern, which is another is a great university. It's an HBCU here in Louisiana they just categorized me into that. Sure. And I remember some people didn't even want to speak to me, look through me. I remember I had all ones my first year, meaning we had uh, superior on stage, superior in sight reading. And some of those same people were looking around like, oh, Kelvin, my boy. Or that <laughs> there's a big conference in our profession in Chicago called the Midwest Clinic. I'm there and people coming up when I was at LSU, I'm finally named, you know, a director there. Oh man, I remember Kelvin back then, that's my boy. And my grandmother always reminds me of a <laughs> song by this artist named Mike Jones. Like back then they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. And so it's just like, you know, <laughs> Come people on, don't forget oh yeah. People don't forget. Yeah, that's my grandmother there. You know, but people <laughs> don't forget that stuff. But so doing things in an organic way, you know, but being positive and just establishing a relationship, ways we can help out and do it from a place of giving, do it from a place of humility. Hey, can I just come and watch and observe how you teach? Maybe, you know, you want this person to write a letter of recommendation for you, but you have to build a relationship first. Mm -hmm. And then from that relationship, you can manifest and build trust. And then trust builds understanding. The understanding can maybe get you hopefully to that letter of recommendation or to that word of advice or whatever. But treating everybody like that, something I tell my students here is imagine if everybody you talk to, every single person was a millionaire. 
Mm-hmm. That person picking up trash at the side of the world, that's a millionaire. How would you treat that person? Mm-hmm. Regardless, if you see the, the lawyer on the billboard and you see them in life, you treat them differently. No, try to treat everybody with the same grace and humility regardless. Because who knows, that same person that's picking mm-hmm. up trash, they child, or maybe them can grow up and be something big and they'll remember how you treated them negatively, downward, or, or whatever. So manifest, nourish those relationships because you never know who you're going to need, again, to help you get to where you want to go. Or to be that beacon to help you shed a light to what you're trying to do. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Once again, do you see what I was talking about? I'm telling <laughs> you guys, this is this has been this has been one for the books. This has definitely been um, a powerful time. If 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 you are listening, um, wherever you may be and however you may be, there's no way that that your that your being isn't better uh, for the time that we spent together. And this has been something that that I personally have enjoyed, just being able to uh, figuratively break bread, so to speak, and and just have this time to kind of fellowship and get to know one another. And and hopefully that our time together has done just that. It's helped you to be sound. But somebody said, Mickey, you left off one. Well, we talked about see yourself beyond yourself, operate in optimism and excellence, utilize all available resources, nourish relationships. But if you do all those things, you are uniquely positioned now to D, don't stop. Keep on going. Going. (laughs) <laughs> those are the things that will help carry you from that place called potential ultimately to the promise and uh that sound becomes your compass that helps guide the way from that place that we all want to be to a place that becomes our reality and um i just honor you today and, and i celebrate you for for um realizing a dream realizing a dream and being a a a, a dream for for so many um for so many uh just being able to see possibility and be able to see promise in a way that that's so special. And uh, I, I definitely appreciate you, man. I hope you enjoyed the time here today. And uh, I can't wait till we connect again. If if you could just let folks know, just let folks know, uh, you know, again, if, if if there's any way they can stay connected with you or what's your what's your uh, communication choice of preference? Sure thing. Well, there's a website on the way, um, you know, it's coming. Uh, but in the meantime, you can find uh, me. I'm on Instagram, Kelvin D. Jones. I'm on Facebook, Kelvin Jones. Um, those are the two big platforms that I use on social media. Um, you can look at, um, you can Google, I hate to sound like this, but you can Google the yeah. LSU bands. And then through that, you can find me if you ever want to reach out via email or something. Or like I say, on one of those different platforms there. Um, I think I, I like to think I'm pretty accessible. Like I said, I'm just a dude, you know, born at 473. Maybe I brand that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but those are the quickest ways you can get to me though. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, you know, like I say, life's better truly when we band together. And I think it's important that when we have these opportunities to learn about one another, that we provide avenues for us to connect and for us to, you know, encourage one another in whatever way, um, you know, we can. So I thank you for being so generous with your time. Uh, I thank you and thank you family, you know, because uh, again, we know that's important and, uh, and from our family to yours, again, we say thank you. I see the sound, folks. I, I appreciate you for sharing your time. And I hope that we made your drive or your uh, rest time at home a little bit more pleasant. And know this, whether you're a teacher or not, at the end of the day, <laughs> even if you're not a teacher, you're still an educator. Because in my mind, an educator is somebody who simply adds value in a meaningful way. All the great teachers are truly educators. So today, wherever you may be, and uh, whatever that classroom may look like for you, 
I want to encourage you to remember this, that this thing called our world, it's just simply a classroom. And the life we live is simply our class. So do me a favor, make your classroom sound, make your teaching epic. And I promise you, I promise you, your legacy will be significant. Until next time, keep on going, see the sound. And remember, your sound will change the world if you do just that. Until next time, MickeySmithJr.com. Can you hear the sound, heartbeat of that motherless child? As we search for love, we all need a warmth of a smile. There's a sound that is so sweet when we hear child, you belong. So let our words of love flow freely like a river strong. And let us need the sound to change the world. Let us be the sound to change the world. Let us be the sound. Change the